Hello and welcome to this episode of Self Made. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. Today I have a power couple from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Please help me welcome Floyd and Courtney Luster to Self Made. Happy to have you all on the Thank show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you. Hey, listen, I want to jump right into the program and I want to start, Courtney, with you. Talk to me about your childhood. Where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? I grew up in North Louisiana, Monroe, Louisiana. Um, I am the youngest of four, and I had a pretty happy childhood. I attended Wiseman High School. I was a dancing doll. Um, I danced. Wasn't too good at sports. I tried out for basketball once, but that didn't work out so, so <laughs> well. I was a better cheerleader than I was an uh, athlete. So yeah. um, I had a great childhood. Um, my grandmothers were an um, important part of my life. Um, my grandmother would always tell me, me and my cousin, People say, oh, they're such pretty little girls. And she was like, you're only as pretty outside as you are inside. Right, right. That's good advice from a grandmother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Floyd, what about you? Where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Uh, I grew up in Clarksdale, Mississippi, um, part of the Mississippi Delta area of uh, Mississippi. Um, one, the oldest of uh, two kids, my mom and dad, uh, Two kids, uh, me and my sister, Tony uh, Luster. Uh, grew up in a big family. Um, my mom is now the oldest of 11. Um, very tight-knit family, uh, steered and kind of raised by, you know, my grandmother, which is uh, now uh, deceased. Uh, graduated from Clarksdale High School in 1994. Um, during my childhood, I played basketball, but baseball mm -hmm. at uh, our famous Sassy Park. <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed uh, playing uh, baseball. Um, uh, after uh, Clarkston High School, I attended uh, Coma uh, Community College, which is also in uh, Clarkston, Mississippi. So I had a very interesting childhood, a very family-oriented childhood uh, that I came from. Courtney, were there any challenges that you had to face or obstacles you had to overcome as a, as a child growing up in Monroe? So I was a um, latchkey kid. And, you know, society and research kind of looks at it in a negative way. But in some ways, I do think it prepared me to be a responsible adult. Yeah. I think at nine, the bus stop was our driveway. So literally, my grandparents lived about 45 minutes to an hour away. Yeah. Monroe. So by the time my siblings started college, everybody was gone by the time I started fourth grade. And okay. so it would be just my mom as a single parent mom. Um, and the one thing that I would say is my mom um, had strict rules, but she supported us and she gave us a lot of love. She worked a lot, but she set expectations. And basically we knew that we had to do what she told us to do. Yeah. What about you, Floyd? Any, any challenges or obstacles you had to overcome uh, growing up in Clarksdale? Of course, I'm you know, from Clarksdale as well. Yes. And, uh, you know, rural Mississippi Delta town. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, some challenges uh, like coordinating. My, my mom was pretty much a single parent as well, which, you know, my father was in my life that was a very, has a very high influence in my life as well. But my mother was pretty much basically a single parent uh, which we had a strong, she had a strong support from her, uh, from her family, yeah. her sisters, my grandmother. Uh, small town, uh, you know, Clarkston's a small town, but it, 
I guess growing up, you felt like it was a <laughs> it was it was a big town. Yeah. So you know that was probably the biggest challenges. You know, my mother, uh, I love her to death. Uh, she dealt with different challenges, but she never did uh, spill that over into our life. Uh, we did most activities that other kids uh, in the middle class did in Clarksdale. Yeah. yeah. So, Courtney, uh, growing up in a um, household with a single uh, parent, you know, and your mom raising you, I came from the same uh, situations, you know, single mother, except I had no involvement from my, my father, but my, my grandfather, you know, helped uh, raise me. My grandmother did as well until she uh, passed away when I was in the sixth grade. But how did uh, your mom influence you uh, as far as, you know, doing the right thing, morals and values? How, what did she instill in you? She instilled in us that we had to go to church. So my brother, who's the closest to me, we were eight years apart, he was like, we go to church every Sunday. I don't want to go to church every Sunday. <laughs> he was like, I don't, I don't understand. And she was like, it's okay, you're going to keep going. So, you know, we were brought up in the church. You didn't miss church. And if you miss church, you pretty much couldn't do anything else. And just seeing my mom work so hard, um, my mom worked for General Motors. Mm -hmm. And so um, she graduated high school, went, went back and did some training to be a certified photometer. So she would check the lighting because she worked, her General Rose plant was um, a headlight plant. Okay. And so um, she, we saw how dedicated she was to work. Like my mom never missed work. There were years that we had perfect attendance. You know, I think it just taught us to be, again, responsible adults and to not yeah. make excuses. Like life is going to give you some lemons and you yeah. have to figure out how to make lemonade. That's the real challenge. Right, right. Yeah. A story I'm just going to jump in and tell real quick. My mom was the same way. She wanted to make, we had to go to church every Sunday. So one Saturday night, I concocted this plan where I wasn't going to go to church tomorrow. And so the way I was going to get out of it, I was going to hide my church shoes. So I, <laughs> so I hid my church shoes because, you know, that's what we called them back then because right. that's the only time you put them on. No. Right. So I hid my church shoes. And so the next day, we looking for the church shoes. I can't, we can't find something. And OK, I'm out of this, this deal today. So I had to wear my tennis shoes with my suit. To church. church. Now it's fashionable to wear tennis shoes with a suit, but uh, back absolutely. then I was embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Floyd, what about you? What did your mom uh, teach you about life? Mom, my mom taught me about life. Uh, like I said, God, you know, religion was very important. Uh, we went to church every Sunday, Sunday school, and sometimes uh, what we called it, night church, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you went in the evenings. And education, education was very huge in, yeah. um, in, in our family. Uh, my mom, uh, fourth grade teacher, um, my aunts, most of them were in the education right. field, whether in education administration or high school, middle school, elementary school teachers. So education was very, very important. You know, I just remember all my cousins coming back to my grandmother's house after school Everybody had to get to that kitchen table and do your homework. Yeah. That's first. Before you went to grandmother's kitchen to eat uh, eat, eat, eat dinner. Um, so she really instilled uh, education and religion. Okay. So, Courtney, what about uh, high school in Monroe? What was high school like? High school was exciting um, in Monroe. I will say that I had some good, really good experiences. I danced for my high school, and one thing I remember that kind of impacted my life the most was, and this is really going to date us all, um, <laughs> I was in Future Business Leaders of America, and 
in North Louisiana, the high area high schools would get together and pick a high school senior and a junior to participate in Leadership 2000, because this was in the mid-90s. Yeah. So like 92, we were members of Leadership 2000. Right. And so now here we are, fast forward, 2023, 2022, I learned so many things. Like we went to different businesses, and we got to like spend the day with the CEO, or spend the day with the manager, and we learned like how businesses work, how people communicate, how business deals were made. And we did all kinds of industries. Like we did plants, we did other schools, we um, actually went to the Chamber of Commerce, and there was a business symposium, so we got to see different businesses. And that really, you know, I went to a predominantly African-American high school, yeah. and I lived in a predominantly African-American um, community, and that kind of diversified my experience with people. There were Asian people, Caucasian people, people of all yeah. color, and they did team building exercises. They put us in groups with people you're not likely to get in a group with. Right. So you learn to learn different things about other people. Right. Uh, it was rich in culture. Like it was a small town, but we had plays and um, debutantes. We had, yeah. you know, lot, lots of social things that I learned about, you know, being a leader and learning how to treat people. Yeah. Floyd, what about you? What did you, what did you um your experiences, what were they like at Clarkston High School? Clarkston. Well, while I attended Clarkston High School, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't an athlete. Uh, I pretty much worked while I was in high school, and my favorite class in high school was technology students, our technology uh, program. Um, I was involved, heavily involved in this association, TSA, Technology Students Association, where we uh, kind of experiment with different rims in the technology field. Uh, we learned about robotics, computers, and uh, CNC, and then computer aid drafting and design, which kind of sparked my interest to go into the uh, architecture field. Uh, every year we went um, to Mississippi State University uh -huh. uh, to compete with uh, students throughout the whole Mississippi area through our TSA competition. So, uh, you know, big part of my high school career was, um, you know, my academics. Yeah. And I worked uh, part-time at Kroger su Supermarket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I also uh, helped my dad out at the, uh, at the family uh, store yeah. as well. Okay, so that's where you learned your uh, work ethics. Correct, my work <laughs> ethics, correct. So, Courtney, uh, you graduate high, uh, from high school, so take me through your, your college journey. I graduated high school um, and I immediately started college. Um, my oldest brother had gone there, so first few days I was a little homesick. I had never, I literally had never slept in a room with somebody that I didn't know. <laughs> my college roommate was, um, my, that first semester, she was a senior. Because during the summertime, they kind of have to pair you with whoever's leaving, living on campus. Yeah. And I will say that that probably was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because she kind of let me go for a minute and she was like, hey, I want to talk to you about some things. Yeah. And she was like, I think that you went from not being sure if you want to be here to like, now you love it and you're having a lot of fun. But you kind of have to treat, treat this like a job. Like, I hear you talk to your mom. She seems really supportive. You got to treat this like it's a job. Yeah. And so she would go to the library every day. And that became my routine. Yeah. I enjoyed all kinds of partying. I've always been a social butterfly. So she taught me how to balance it. You know, I would yeah. go eat, go to the library, and my friends, but back then we had cell phones, but you know, we could only talk at nights and weekends because yeah. my mom was like, you're not gonna be roaming on the phone. <laughs> so my friends knew that I had a special seat in the library. So that was like my office in the library. If they wanted to talk to me before nine, yeah. that's where they could come. And it, it just turned, it taught me to put my priorities 
in perspective and know like if it's something you want, know that you have to work hard for it and you have to have a plan. Yeah. Because you need to plan to fail or you fail to plan. Right, right. That's good. Yeah. Good point. So Floyd, what about you? Take me on your uh, collegiate journey. Oh, my collegiate journey was very exciting. <laughs> uh, upon graduating from Clarkston High in 94, uh, I attended Coma Community College. Uh, started there uh, after graduating. Uh, served as SGA president while I was at Coma Community College. Uh, very exciting uh, times there. I actually orchestrated and planned the first Greek show <laughs> <laughs> at Coma Community College while I was a SGA uh, president. And that was, that was an experience because uh, uh, I'll never forget Ms. Gooden, who was over student services yeah. at Community College. Uh, I said, Ms. Gooden, we ought to have a Greek show. Well, she said, Floyd, get it done. <laughs> <laughs> so what I had to do, I had to go out and find the Greek organizations to come out and step. So I went to Delta State University, uh, talked to different Greek organizations there, uh -huh. went to Ole Miss. Because uh, I kind of had to kind of find some some colleges and universities kind of close yeah. vicinity of Clark's there because I knew they had to drive there and drive back. Uh, went over to Ole Miss. So uh, at the end of the day, we had some uh, Greek organizations come in from Ole Miss, uh, Delta State, and Mississippi Valley State. Uh, very huge event. So, and uh, yeah, we got it done. And 1996, I graduated from uh, Coleman Community College transferred to uh, Southern University uh, in Baton Rouge, uh, entered into the School of Architecture, uh, graduated there in 2001. Um, while I was at Southern University, I was a member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. I was initiated Alpha Sigma chapter in 1997 and graduated 2001 from Southern University. Okay, so answer this question for me. Oftentimes, I know statistically, uh, African-American uh, kids t test below college readiness uh, on standardized tests, tests, and that tend to uh, impede them uh, from continuing their education. How do you feel, uh, though that may not have been the case for you and why you went to Cahoma Community College, but why do you, how do you feel that Cahoma prepared you for that, that transition to a four-year university? Cahoma prepared me, um, and just to go back uh, for Cahoma Community College, it was always a family tradition uh, to attend Cahoma Community College first, no matter no matter what. Um, and I think of my my grandmother had a saying: "You uh, was going to ROTC right out to Cahoma." <laughs> yeah, so. It prepared me in a huge way uh, for uh, attending Coma because I was able to get a lot of my core classes out yeah. of the way, like my psychology, biology, college uh, algebra. So when I trickled to Southern University, I was strictly in my major, yeah. taking all of my core classes uh, in architecture, and had a very huge impact. I ended up graduating top of my class. Yeah from the School of Architecture. I graduated with the highest GPA uh, from the School of Architecture yeah. at Southern in 2001. So Coma was a huge benefit. Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, Courtney, I know that you are, you are a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. 
Talk to me about the work that you all do uh, in the community and how you help to, to impact lives through There's the organization. lots of work we can talk about. Um, for probably the last 10 years, I've been the chair of the healthcare community. And we have partnered with Susan Coleman um, in the fight for breast cancer. So um, throughout our organization, this, we have targets yeah. that we want to meet in, in the communities. And so throughout our organization, we have um, one chapter, I want to say they're in Texas, which is also a part of the South Central region where, where I'm a member. They actually have a mobile unit that goes, they go into communities and do mobile mammograms. Wow. We partner with a company who does and we help them um, there's a race for the cure that we do, yeah. and we um, help them organize. We check all of the runners in, um, whatever is needed. We've partnered with them. We have a, another event that we do, Big Wig, and they take leaders from the community to raise money for breast cancer. And then on the Big Wig night, they all do these different performances from a different era. And it's a, it's a lot of fun, but for every dollar we raise, the organization matches it. And yeah. so women who couldn't afford a mammogram are able to get it. Women who have metastatic breast cancer and they need support because there's so many steps to the care that they receive. We, we provide financial support. We give Uber um, cards so that if they need transportation back and forth, they get it. Um, we do community health fairs. Yeah. And we do them in our communities and we kind of target heart, heart disease, diabetes, um, lots of illnesses that affect the African-American community. And we just try to teach people so they become aware. And yeah. we teach them prevention, you know, like you right. don't want to wait until it's a problem. Right. You want to be knowledgeable so that you can do those things you need to do to help you not have that problem. Right. And as far as schools, we also have a program with uh, youth that we help them with college. We do virtual college tours. We help them complete FAFSA forms, the, the financial aid, form yeah. that all students have to complete to get into college. We keep up with the dates. We remind them about ACT. And we give um, a huge scholarship, several scholarships, but one of them is be, uh, the bigger one, um, to individuals who write an essay and come and interview with us. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to give back to those kids and watch them. Some of them enter the program when they're 12 years old. And then when they're seniors, it's like kind of like your own little nieces and nephews that you watch matriculate. Right. And we know that they're ready. And I think that you know we've lost our village but that's what we need. We need organizations to step up to have people who are responsible, who can influence those kids in a positive manner. We all right. complain that, you know, society is not where we want it to be with our children. But what are you doing? Right. We have to all do our part. We all have to do our part. Yeah. You're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. Right. And so I know you are very passionate about health care and, yes. and you run your own medical uh, practice as well. So uh, give us the name of your medical practice and why you're so passionate about health care. Um, the name of my medical practice is Healthcare First Medical Clinic. It's a rural health clinic. It's in a small area. I am passionate about healthcare because I feel that people who know better do better. And sometimes a challenge for people in rural areas or even people of color, you have to meet people where they are. Like I had a patient forever. She never knew that diabetes and glucose was the same thing. She would say her sugar. Yeah. And so when people would say, well, you know, what is your A1C? And she was like, well, what is that? You know, just making sure that people are knowledgeable about their health right. conditions. They know what to eat. They know what they can do to help th help themselves. Yeah. You know, like right. we don't understand that everybody doesn't start from the same place, but whatever you could do to help somebody get where they need to be, it doesn't matter because we all have a common goal and that's to right. be healthy and whole. Right. And so, uh, Floyd, you, uh, you own the Lust Group and you uh, started out in architecture. Uh, so talk to me about the Luster Group, but number, but before you get into that, uh, 
what led to your transition from architecture to now you are a general contractor, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, what transitioned me from architecture uh, to construction, the firm I worked for, uh, CSRS Architects and Engineers in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they kind of started off as a traditional architecture firm, uh, but we they slowly transitioned into construction management and program management. So during my duration there, I was always in the field observing construction and I kind of took a liking to that portion of the field architecture because you know it always stimulates into right. construction. Um, so that would kind of transition me over to the uh, construction arena. Yep. And so tell me a little bit about the Luster Group. Luster Group, uh, we're an emerging uh, diverse firm located in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, we do projects from $100,000 all the way up to $5 million, uh, design bill, uh, construction. Uh, we're also into the uh, disaster uh, management arena uh, as well. Um, I've been in business since 2010, um, over, 10, over 10 years uh, now. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, Courtney, now my, my mom is a registered nurse, so I understand, you know, the nursing component very, very well. But you took that next step to say, I'm not going to just be a nurse, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and still provide my services on a bigger scale and impact more people than I can do as just an individual uh, nurse. What led to you making that decision? I worked as a director of nursing for uh, a nursing home. And frequently the doctors will come to see patients like once every 90 days based on our regulations. And one of the doctors would say like, how do you remember all of this? How do you know everything? He was like, do you know what a nurse practitioner is? And I was like, kind of sorry. And he was like, I know um, so Southern, that you graduated from Southern. And he was like, I know that they have a program. And he was like, you should look into it. So I did. Yeah. And, you know, I looked into it and I had planned to enroll at spring and he showed up one day. He was like, I've been thinking about it. I wrote your recommendation letter. <laughs> so from that recommendation letter, yeah. I went on and I got a master's and became a family nurse practitioner. And then eventually in 2016, I got my doctorate. So I have a doctorate in nursing practice. So how, I guess, the transition from being a nursing director and working for someone else to running your own organization what was that transition like? Um, it was a good transition. I learned as much as I could. Dr. Ronald Andrews is my mentor and a good friend of mine. And his father was a, a physician in Houston. And so he came with a lot of knowledge, more than just how to assess and treat a patient. He knew the business side of it. And so learning from each one, each group, I was like, you know, I really think I can do this. Sometimes when you're in larger groups, or larger facilities, you can't care for patients how you need to care for them just because obviously larger facilities have to have stricter and different kinds of rules to manage everybody. Right. So I, I wanted to be somewhere where I was accessible to anybody. Like yeah. if you can pay, great. If you can't pay, we'll figure it out. Right. So we have a, a, a team and my team works hard that if people are indigent, we help them get in the state facility program or we help them apply for indigent plans. You know, we don't yeah. let money be a factor in their care. Like so many drug companies right. offer patient assistance programs 
and like the income levels are up to $120,000 for a family of five. Yeah. So people think that they can't afford it. They just don't know that there's resources and we bring the resources to them so that they can get the kind of health care right. that impacts outcomes and right. improves their life. Right. That type of work de definitely impact lives. Uh, Floyd, I, I want to know from you briefly, working at uh, a large engineering architectural firm and you decided to go out on your own, mm -hmm. uh, what led to that transition? What led to that transition, um, I come from a family on my father's side of entrepreneurs. So when I graduated from Southern University to enter into the architecture field, I always knew I was going to start my own company. It was just at one po at what point right. uh, do I do that? Um, so I gained as much knowledge uh, from talking with my different mentors about just gaining the knowledge, as much knowledge while you're working in order to prepare yourself right. for that for that transition. So uh, after 10, 11 years of working at an architecture firm, I, d I just decided it was the time to transition over to start my own company. Well, the work that you all are doing in your community is, is very, very great work. I will say this as we kind of uh, wrap the show up. You know, most people are afraid to take that leap of faith from being, you know, a an employee to running your own organization and having the responsibility of um, uh, making payroll and, you know, uh, being responsible for uh, the, the people lives in terms of your employees and, and their families. And so uh, that's a very major step and you guys have done it and been very successful at it. I appreciate you all taking time to be on the show. It has thank been you. great. Yeah. To my viewers, thank you for watching Self Made with D Brown CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me. <laughs>